It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And it is Monday. Hello, and uh, time to get back on the horse, people. Let's get back on the horse, as it were, and make sure that that horse has had some serious dewormer, you know, that ivermectin stuff. So, hello, welcome, welcome to the show. We uh, we start off the day as uh, uh, Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin is boarded up like uh, Miami with the uh, threat of a Cat 5 hurricane uh, approaching the shore. It's pretty uh, pathetic and sad what we have become. No, it's not we. It's the left in this country. It's it's vigilante justice. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's vigilante justice. That's what's happening in America. And uh, if the left doesn't get its way, they throw a big old temper tantrum. That's the way it works. That's why I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, of supporting business owners uh, using lethal force if necessary to prevent their uh, their businesses from being looted and burned down. But you know, uh, yeah, that's very that's very politically incorrect for me to say. Very politically incorrect for me to say. I believe it used to be a way of life. And you know what else? I believe it stopped it. So that's what's going to happen. Uh, there are, I see, 500 um, uh, National Guard troops ready to descend and to be dispersed in uh, Kenosha when Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. By the way, the judges dropped a, a misdemeanor gun charge and warned the prosecution that evidence uh, could see the case fall like a house of cards as both sides prepare for closing arguments. So defense successfully argued that the state had failed to meet the entire statute on this charge in Wisconsin requires not only that the defendant is under 18, but that the gun in question is short-barreled. Well then, Judge Schroeder said, uh, count six is dismissed. So there you go. That and uh, Patrick Leahy is uh, retiring as a senator. He has been in Washington, D.C. nearly 50 years, about as long as Joe Biden has been in Washington, D.C., and none of the problems that were present when he came to office, like when Joe Biden came to office, have been fixed by Democrat policies. It's like the last 50 years never happened. We still have infrastructure problems. There's still not affordable child care. The schools still suck. I mean, I could go on and on. But it, nothing has been solved. Nothing has been solved at all. It is quite remarkable that someone can exist in a job in Washington, D.C. and never get anything done. Do you know why? Because once all the problems are fixed, you don't need them anymore. The most tone-deaf piece of audio from the weekend is Stephanie Rule. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know how these people get uh, jobs in network television. I've got a job in network television. Not sure exactly well, how I got that. Oh, actually, because I'm a, I'm a comedian and a, and a political commentator. Um, but Stephanie Rule is like wrong on everything. They're calling her Stephanie Antoinette after arguing that Americans can afford more expensive groceries. She's saying, you know, hey, listen, we realize that this is the highest inflation in 30 years, but people could afford it. I mean, wow. Honestly, just wow. This is the reason why MSNBC has lost 75% of its audience. More and more and more of your paycheck. You, first of all, the more you have to spend on groceries, the more you have to spend on gas, the less you're going to be able to put away for retirement. Do you think about their Steffi? Do you think about that Steffi? Do you think about all the other things that you need to put away for or, or maybe, maybe just put some money in savings? No, you don't think of that because you're an elitist. You have a TV show that nobody watches, and you get paid millions of dollars for people to not watch it. And Stephanie joins me now live. Steph, it's great to see you. As you say, inflation's over 6%, numbers we haven't seen in more than 30 years. So 
How much higher can these prices go and when do you see them coming down? Well, listen, Willie, nobody knows exactly when they're going down, but you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation. And the government predicts... By the way, it's not happening in other countries that have supply chain issues like Japan. Uh, Japan and Switzerland, where they have supply chain issues, uh, their inflation is 1%. It's about printing money. It's going to be a challenging recovery. Recovery, all tied to COVID. So it's why you see things like that expanding. Oh, you can't see. This is it. They're still blaming COVID on everything. They're blaming COVID on everything. Nonsense. The child tax credit. You've got the families of over 60 million kids on average getting $430 a month. For people on fixed incomes, older people on Social Security, they're getting those fixed payments adjusted next year up 5.9%. Yeah, but the inflation's about 12%, you see, so they're still, they're, they're actually uh, getting a cut technically if you use Democrat math. For inflation. And the dirty little secret here. What is the dirty little secret? Tell me. Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. So you could spend your savings on gas. Yeah, there you go. And grocery. Spend your savings. We didn't really have anywhere to go out and spend. And as we said a moment ago, we're expecting retail sales. You know, the uh, rule rhymes with tool. This holiday season to break records. For and fool. Those who own their homes, the value of our homes are up. And while the stock market isn't the economy, you got over half of American households with some investment in the markets, and the market. Wow, wow, sunshine, you are so wrong. Donna Brazil, who is just, I mean, wow. <laughs> just Donna Brazil, Democrat strategist who had a job on uh, Fox, I guess, for a while. I don't know why. Nobody likes her. She never says anything that makes any sense. Uh, she said the thing is, you know, uh, the, the high inflation is not a problem. You just got to be a smart shopper. You know, you just got to start doing the, uh, the the store brands, I guess, is, which is what I do generally, except for the couple things. They're just, it's not like store brand toilet paper. Not, nah, nah. Uh. Inflation has been going up for the last three years. I go to, mm. I go to Safeway. Come on. I go, look, look. Not 6%. You gotta be, look, you, Hold on. She's going to act like she's all down. You got to be smart when you go out and shop today, okay? Whether you're looking for Jiffy Cornbread, <laughs> which used to be three for a dollar, and it went up to 87 cents, or if you buy. She's down. Cornbread. Buying gas. And if you buy it in the inner city, it's 10 cents more than if you go out just to far, further out. What, so, like uh, like in D.C.? That's, that's, a, is that the Democratic slogan? No. We're going to raise your prices, but be smart about no, it. It can be a little you, bit you, less. You mentioned Mary Run Pat. You mentioned Mary Pat. <laughs> I'm just telling you my experience of shopping. You've got to be a smart shopper. You've got to be a smart shopper. You've got to be a smart shopper. You've got to lower your standards. That's that's what it is. You just, you've got to lower your standards, people. <laughs> that's the problem. It's not, it's not that inflation is a problem. It's that your standards are too high. That's what it is. <laughs> this is really, I mean, quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. And this goes to show you again and again and again and again that Washington, D.C. never has to lower its standards. Washington, D.C. never has to lower its standards, no matter what is going on in the world. Washington, D.C. always has more to spend. Washington, D.C. is going to spend more than they have ever spent. If this idiotic Build Back Better thing comes uh, to fruition, it, they're going to spend more like it's happy days are here again. They're spending your money and acting like you should be grateful that they're spending your money and your taxes are going up and uh, also that prices are going up, inflation is going up and uh, your, your family is suffering. Other than that, things are absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. 
here is Ron Klain. He's actually saying that uh, things are better this year. Things are better. The, you know, Joe Biden literally 38% approval rating. Everybody says economically. 70% of people are saying they're going the wrong way economically. 71% are saying the country is off the rails. Here's Ron Klain saying that we're better off this year than last. Well, look, I do think, as I said, Jake, I think things are a lot better in this country than they were a year ago with regard to COVID, with regard to the economy. But we have a lot of work left to do. And I think voters are in a show me, don't tell me mode. I don't think they really care as much about what I'm saying. Oh, no, we've seen enough. You don't need to show us anything else. And we're rejecting it. On TV or what you're saying on TV as much as they do about us putting. Like a giant national gag reflex. <laughs> results uh, into their lives. Uh, this bill the president's going to sign on Monday. Uh, the infrastructure bill, I think, is a big step forward in terms of dealing with a lot of the long-standing issues in this country. Which haven't been fixed in the 50 years that Joe Biden has been in Washington. And I think the Build Back Better bill, which we hope the House will vote on, scheduled to vote on this coming week when they get back from Veterans Day recess, is another thing. Uh, again, I have no objection to voters saying, look, I don't want to just hear speeches about it. I want to see action. We got action just before Congress went out. After four years, and frankly, 50 years, of Washington promising that there would be an infrastructure week, there'd be action on that? Uh, actually, a $787 billion infrastructure package was passed by Barack Obama against the will of the American people, and nothing got done. That's just what? About uh, what, four, four, $400 billion uh, more for this one, and the last one, not a dime got spent on infrastructure. So um, I I'm not holding my breath on this one, seriously. Not holding my breath on this one. Uh, we've heard Joe Biden confirm this. Uh, we have heard the Secretary of Energy refer to this. And now Jin Psaki is admitting they are literally, they are actively driving up the price of gasoline. And here's the reason why. There's some Republicans who have taken this moment where they've seen gas prices spike to criticize the administration big picture, right? Canceling the Keystone Pipeline, halting leases for new drilling leases on federal lands. Becoming dependent on OPEC again. Welcome back, Carter. And sort of the administration's policies writ large have contributed to the rise in gas prices. What's your response now to that? Uh, our response is that, uh, one, we haven't ex we haven't canceled existing. Uh, ex there are We're thinking about it, though. Existing leases that are continuing, eh? just to be clear. I know so you know not that. New not new leases, but just to be clear, and I know that's been a criticism. So that's why I said that, not an accurate one. Here we go. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes it an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy. There you go. Ding, ding. Ding. Options so that we are not relying on uh, the fluctuations and OPEC. Yeah, we didn't have that fool because we were energy independent. Sorry. Welcome back, uh, Jen. Sake. Uh, you're high. And their willingness to put more supply and meet the demands in the market. Unbelievable. They, they create the problem and then they blame somebody else. I just honestly, wow. Just wow. It makes me kind of miss Jean-Marie Beljean, or whatever her name was, the one who was the deputy press secretary. Oh, uh, Jen Sake, are you ready for some hot sake? Uh, here she is uh, uh, being asked about Let's Go Brandon, which is driving liberals insane. They want to do everything they can to shut it down. Peloton does not allow people to exercise online um, and to hook up online to exercise with others if in their profile there's Let's Go Brandon, okay? That's how much they hate this, and the White House, make no mistake about it. It's driving them nuts.
sporting events and on signs. The phrase is, let's go Brandon, a sort of code for a profane slogan attacking President Biden. What does the president make of that? I don't think he spends much time focused on it or thinking about it. The only thing he focuses about is, uh, you know, not pooping his pants. The president said when he came into office on Inauguration Day, he said he was going to help get rid of the uncivil war in this country. So I guess through that lens right now, does the president think there are things that he can do differently, or how does he react to the stuff he sees out there when it is one of his prime? primary promises or desires to help bring Americans together. Well, it takes two to move towards a more civil engagement discourse. Yeah, meanwhile, we went through four years of incivility from the left, starting before Donald Trump was inaugurated. People literally attacking Donald Trump supporters at his rallies in line. I remember it. I remember it. As far as inflation is concerned, which is a, a kitchen table issue for you and me, which means a lot, Larry Summers... An Obama economist had some very bad things to say about it. And this is a guy who's been all about government stimulus. He's been all in and all done for government stimulus. And he knows that we are on the edge of disaster. I think the odds are that we're going to have inflation of a kind we haven't seen in 30 years until... Uh, we already have that. Uh, in fact, it's now 40. Either the Fed takes some significant move with respect to monetary policy or until there's some kind of accident that disrupts the rapid economic growth we're enjoying. I think it's possible, but... How do you increase your business 100%? Well, if you're closed on Sunday, you have no customers. And if you open on Monday and one person comes in, you have, uh, you've increased your business by 100%. Uh, Joe Biden came into office as businesses started to open because idiot governors around the country started letting people open their business. And Joe Biden is taking uh, credit for this uh, incredible economy, which was inevitable if you let people open their businesses. Likely that inflation will recede back to its normal 2% level without some significant change in the path we're now we're now on okay here he's talking about uh, federal stimulus meaning uh, infrastructure and what a mistake it is i think the fed has made a significant uh mistake in uh the approach that it's taking by doubling down on the massive fiscal stimulus we had at the beginning of the year with really easy monetary policy yeah and honestly the uh the first coronavirus bill didn't do much it didn't do much. I mean, you had to wait, what? It was a $1,300 check, $1,300, $1,400 check, and you had to wait until after the election to get it after your business was closed. Did it really do anything? Did it really do anything? Or, it just, or was it just people being able to open their businesses? Well, of course the latter is true. Of course the latter is true. And here's a really scary thing. If you're thinking about buying a house, and we're going to move on because I don't claim to be a financial expert or anything. All I know is what affects my family directly. And I've been there. And when uh, you couple that with the uh, increase in prices on everything, and it's dramatic, this is a really big deal. I, I spoke to a lot of people this weekend. I was out and about. I saw a guy at a car wash. He had a Cherry 57 Chevy. And he had done, and I just got talking to him about it and about the economy and about the price of gas. And, and he thinks, you know, as a lot of people do, and I do, we're going to have $8 gas. And this is exactly what the government wants. And when that day comes, then all hell is going to break loose. American Hartford Gold is a sponsor of this program. The government spending is out of control. Dark days ahead for the dollar. It's going to happen, guys. It's history repeating itself. Welcome back, Carter. 
<laughs> so here's what you can do. The only company I would recommend is American Hartford Gold. They sell physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA. They make it easy. They have the highest rating from the Better Business Bureau, an A-plus rating. If you call them right now, I'm going to give you the number, so grab a pen real quick. All right? Grab a pen real quick. You can get up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. All right? So here's the number, 866-204-8226. If you don't have a pen with you or you, don't, you, know, you, know, you have no short-term memory like Joe Biden, uh, just text ROB, R-O-B, to 65532. ROB to 65532. Rob, 65532 for American Hartford Gold. Here is something you need to worry about, too. If you're looking for a house right now, I will just offer you a word of caution. Because I moved to Washington, D.C. in 04. I bought a house at the height of the bubble when home prices were increasing by 20, 25% per year. But wages weren't, and I should have realized, duh, <laughs> you know this is gonna this is gonna backfire. So I ended up paying a lot more for a house, and then the bubble burst, and the house went down in value. I had a note on the house with six and three quarters percent interest, which at the time was about the standard, and I had to carry that note for nine years because I had no equity in the house to refinance. So this is the next this is the next thing, I guess. And and let's just be clear, you use the words housing bubble. You think that's fair now? Yeah, house prices have, in the last 12 months, risen faster than in any single year uh, since they started collecting the collecting the data. Yeah, there you go. So, I would just say proceed with caution. Uh, don't pay a lot over asking. Well, you may have to, but just you know, just be careful out there. As I used to say at the beginning of Hill Street Blues, this is the moist dream of the class of 1968, and we need to put it out of its misery. You also uh, tie this in with Biden's banking nominee. She's going to be in charge of the comptroller of the currency. She's a, she is a communist. She got a Lenin scholarship when studying in college in the Soviet Union. She is a communist. She said they want to drive all fossil fuel companies out of business last week. And now she's saying she wants your bank, your only bank, to be the Fed. All of your money is in a government account. Do you realize how profoundly, devastatingly dangerous this is? This woman should never be allowed to have public office. Imagine, what would it be like? Her name is Saul Amarova. If instead of being just a public option for deposit uh, banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other words, there will be no more private uh, bank deposit accounts. No more private banks. And all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. And so if the Fed decides they want to seize your assets, it takes two seconds. There are interesting implications uh, from that thought experiment, for example, with uh, the much more uh, direct and proactive. I'm glad she's being blatantly obvious about her, about her communism. Tools of monetary policy, like helicopter money, which is, uh, you know, considered radical, primarily because- uh, yeah, Go live in Cuba, G GTFO, go to Cuba.
if you look at the tenets of communism, we are witnessing them. Again, this is the moist dream of the class of 1968, created by academics who, I remember the first time I heard, I was in high school when one of my uh, friends said, you know, communism really is the best way to govern. It just hasn't been done right. You know, well, unfortunately, when it was done last century, it resulted in 100 million people dying. So, uh, yeah, maybe not such a good idea. Wake up. Mike in Chestertown, Maryland is on the line. Mike, you got about a minute or so. Go right ahead, my friend. Well, you were talking about the Obama American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. We all remember or should remember who Obama put in charge of the accounting of the Recovery Act. He specifically put in charge at that time the Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah. And as we all recall, there was never any accounting. We don't know where no. any of that money went, and yet here we are. Amen. And, and you know, uh, uh, it's kind of uh, deja vu all over again, except for Kamala Harris has been put in charge of the space program, uh, the border, and, and she's not doing anything either. It's kind of weird. Democrats, they, they like to give somebody a job that they, they don't do. But I remember that. They're putting Joe Biden in charge of uh, a they stimulus package. Joe Biden in charge of the money to, to keep an accounting of where it was all, and no one, we never got an accounting of it. Nope. We, and w that was what, $900 billion or some ridiculous amount of money? No. Yeah, it's deja vu all over again. That was well put. Amen, brother. Thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. Former Attorney General of Virginia, former Deputy, uh, Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, Newsmax contributor and rock star, Ken Cuccinelli joins us on the phone. How are you today, sir? I like that shorthand, deputary. Oh, did I say deputary? <laughs> I, did, I, did I sound like Joe Biden there for a second? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, except you completed the sentence. I notice you, you've been working a lot and, and commenting a lot on Twitter with regard to the raid of the uh, Project Veritas office to get Joe Biden's daughter's diary. Uh, what is it about Joe Biden's kids and forgetting stuff, <laughs> you know, whether it be a laptop or a diary? <laughs> you know, it's like right. the, 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 the laptop with Hunter Biden and then the, the diary is like the chick version of that. Um, but, but why is this such a big deal, Ken? I'd like to know. Well, it, it's certainly one-sided, right? And... Um... Um, it, it isn't the first time the Justice Department has gone after reporters like that, and that's what Project Veritas is. They are very offensive investigative reporters. They're so offensive because they only investigate the left, um, which also makes them some of the only investigative reporters that investigate the left. Yeah. Um, but it, it, unfortunately for America, it once again reveals the extraordinary and I'll call it gently unprofessional bias that the FBI executes. And I can tell you, as somebody who was fighting riots as the deputy secretary, or as you noted, the deputary um, <laughs> of, Homeland, of Homeland Security throughout 2020, honestly, the FBI didn't put in a significant effort. It wasn't that they weren't present, but they weren't prosecuting. They weren't investigating until January 6th. The seven months of riots and burning buildings and homes and attacking police before that, yawn, ho-hum, that's a local issue. Oh, is it really? And, um, uh, you know, I believe that the violence would have stopped at any point in that timeline if the federal government had been, meaning the Department of Justice, so-called justice, had been willing to demonstrate that they were going to go all out and attack those who were violent. And by attack, I mean prosecute yeah. those who were violent. They created an environment where that was acceptable. And everybody thought it was acceptable 
And so right-wingers go out, and they're violent. And lo and behold, it's not acceptable, you silly right-wingers, for you (laughs) to be violent, only left-wingers. And here we have it repeating again at this almost comical level of chasing down the diary. Pathetic. It is pathetic. And by the way, in my defense, I do believe Bob Marley had a song called I Shot the Sheriff, But I Didn't Shoot the Deputary. So, you know, touche there, mister. <laughs> so let's talk about the Rittenhouse trial and what's going on. We have uh, clearly, at least what I'm seeing, is he defended himself. He went to, I had heard he had been requested to come and protect someone's business, and he was summarily attacked by very foolish and stupid leftists who don't know how to handle firearms. Clearly this, this kid did. What do you think is happening? What do you think is going to happen with this trial? Honestly, I would have expected a directed verdict from the judge for the defense. Um, A directed verdict for your listeners is a judge rules that no reasonable jury could find him guilty, certainly of any of the murder manslaughter type charges. Um, I'm not real sure about those smaller misdemeanor stuff, but but, uh, I expect a jury to come back and acquit him. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- this prosecution, if you were a left winger who wanted to get Kyle Rittenhouse, you might think this prosecutor was a setup. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they were literally yeah. throwing the game, if you will. <laughs> I mean, that's it was so bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when, when you're when your own witnesses are saying, no, he didn't shoot at me until I aimed my gun at him. Yes. Oh, well, OK. Yes. Um, yes. Hmm, next witness. Uh, I mean, the prosecution is making the case for the defense. Yeah. Um, And there's so much video evidence. We can all watch it and see that the kid was being chased and run down and all the rest. So um, it's it's kind of blowing up the left slash mainstream media narrative. Um, This wouldn't be such a big deal if it wasn't such a, a, a truth hammer on their on their false narrative. But it's yeah. a major truth hammer. Um, what about, you know, you remember the Cub Cath kids and, uh, and how there was a massive legal settlement there. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse has been pilloried, convicted, um, executed by the media, by the Biden campaign. Uh, what do you think is going to happen if he is acquitted? I predict it could, be, make, it could make the Cub kids look like child's play. Yeah, certainly you'll see that again. And boy, he's got a long list he could go after. Yeah. But he's, you know, first he has to win the case. Um, and that really means against all of the claims. However, you know, it's not like there's been any evidence. The, the, the reporting they automatically did of this white supremacist, he can sue over that. That's automa- what we would call per se defamation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got every sort of media outlet out there that was just recklessly bringing that forward. So that but like I said, first things first, he he first has to win his trial. Uh, I think he's well on his way. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's one forty two our time. It's twelve forty two their time. I literally wouldn't be surprised um, if we got a very quick jury turnaround. Okay, okay. Um, the National School Boards Association, they were the ones that sent the letter to President Biden. President Biden sent a letter to, uh, to uh, Merrick Garland. It, it turns out the NBSA had held discussions with the White House for weeks before sending their September 29th team. Unbelievable. This is so beyond corrupt. So beyond corrupt. 
Yeah, it's quite collusive. And um, I will say, you know, the NASB is losing members. Um, several states, school board associations have pulled out and they're staying out. They're done. And uh, so, you know, here we're seeing a consequence. One of the consequences, by the way, was the backfire assisted the Glenn Youngkin for governor campaign. Yeah. I mean, it just added fuel to the parental fire that was um, burning down Terry McAuliffe and warming up Glenn Youngkin. And, um, you know, this played into that with unbelievable stupidity. So um, nonetheless, uh, that's that's a silver lining, if you will. And, of course, they backed it off and apologized for it. And then (laughs) the attorney general just got raked over the coals by the Republicans on Senate Judiciary when, you know, his basis for thinking there were domestic terrorists these parents were domestic terrorists was basically the letter which it turns out um was collusively written with his own administration honestly i think that's the biggest story out of that absolutely is the triangle between the white house the nasb and the attorney general is you know they're literally bringing down the the force of government um with one of the most serious labels and the most serious uh assignments of resources that being to root out and bring to justice domestic terrorists hey can, can clearly we, a total setup i want to uh, ask you about this uh, this vaccine mandate in the uh, the fifth circuit court i guess uh, putting it on hold uh what what are your thoughts on what's going to happen well there, look i i've been saying for a long time this is a layup it's a no-brainer it's one of the easiest challenges to the federal government you're ever going to see um this this regulation is going nowhere Nowhere. Good. And um, labor doesn't have authority to do it. And um, and even if Congress rewrote the law, and this is theoretical, they're not going to do it. Even if Congress rewrote the law to give them the authority to do it, you'd still have a constitutional challenge from states um, because the the exercise of this sort of authority is what's called a police power. Don't think police officers think like zoning, public health. These are things that have, were constitutionally designed to be powers retained by the states, which are sovereign and found the federal government. And this is a breach of that federalist system. That makes it unconstitutional, in addition to the fact that there's no statutory authority for this. So um, for your listeners, this is both illegal, no statutory authority, and unconstitutional, because the federal government is assuming state police powers to, to try to order businesses to uh, to join them in their tyranny. You know, uh, that was very well said. And I would say you you exercised your uh, uh, brevity of expression and economy of yes, I'm uh, trying to, I'm trying to be <laughs> economical in that way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, it's been a treat having you on the uh, on the phone today. Uh, Twitter feed is obviously uh, Ken Cuccinelli. Um, uh, Twitter, yeah, Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, anything else you want to uh, mention before we go? Are you uh, uh, anywhere else people can find you other than yeah, at home? Well, I'm, I do a lot of election <laughs> integrity work at uh, and, and we do uh, that's at electiontransparency.org. Lovely. Um, love to see folks there. And um I really appreciate you hitting these issues. There's a lot to learn here. Yeah. And, um, and and unfortunately, part of what we learned in the whole vac- so-called vaccine space, we don't actually have a vaccine. Um, we have a gene therapy treatment. Yeah. 
um, is that they don't know what they're talking about, they being the government here. So very, very difficult situation, very tyrannical, and and it needs the kind of sunlight you're bringing on it. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, have a glorious weekend, my friend, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, there you go. Ken Cuccinelli. Instead of make America great again, lower your standards. That is the new, <laughs> is the new uh, mantra of uh, this administration. And uh, here is uh, George Stephanopoulos on the abysmal ratings of Joe Biden because of all the, well, because he sucks at being a president. How's that? We're coming on the air this morning with a brand new poll, and it's brutal for President Biden. His approval rating has hit a new low. Only 41% of Americans think he's doing a good job in office. 53% disapprove. 70% believe the economy is in bad shape. And with inflation at a... Even with the stimulus package? I'm talking about the spending mill, not uh, Joe Biden. What? Never mind. Three-decade high, only 39% approve of Biden's handling of the economy. Looking ahead to the midterm elections, Republicans have a 10-point lead among registered voters. Their largest lead ever in the 40-year history of our poll. And I believe... That was when Jimmy Carter was president. Welcome back, Carter, ladies and gentlemen. Too bad, so sad for Uncle Joe. It sucks to be you. It sucks to be you. Your polls are way down. You look like a clown. Joe Biden, you're through. I hope so. But sock is a tool. <laughs> Kamala's a fool. Couldn't try harder to be Jimmy Carter. You make him seem cool. He was great compared to you. Presses I've seen. You're the most obscene. Nixon was a schmuck. Clinton liked a lie. LBJ was mean. You've been a DC 50 years long on everything you have been wrong it sucks to be you red states won't turn blue in 22 we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go you know the you know the thing nobody else could be this bad as president you are quite sad biden it sucks to be you you haven't it sucks to be you. Oh, big finish. Come on. <laughs> and he doesn't really care about the polls because they're ruling against the will of the American people and they're cramming through every day, everything they've dreamed of since uh, 1968 and <clears throat> they weren't able to accomplish with Barack Obama as the president. So if the election were held today, Democrat candidates would receive 41% of the vote compared to Republicans who checked in at 51%. So gigantic, gigantic numbers. ABC News further explained why Republicans could maintain their lead over Democrats in voter preference with such a long time before the election, citing soaring economic discontent. They want you to turn to the government. They want you to depend on the government. That's what they want. That's why the, uh, the nominee for comptroller of the currency wants to get rid of the banks. Wants the only bank to be the Fed. All of your money, all of your money at the Fed, which means they can confiscate it for any reason whatsoever if they declare some sort of emergency. That's what they want to do. They want more government dependence. They want control. If you don't get it by now, you never will. Do you remember not being able to go to church last year? 
Do you remember that we all just kind of lined up and said, okay, let's, uh, let's let the government say we can't organize and uh, go to church and worship with our uh, fellow parishioners. We can't go to restaurants. We can't go to concerts. Our kids can't go to school. Yes, sir, that sounds great. Even though initially they only wanted 15 days to stop the spread. You ain't seen nothing yet. Keep fighting. That's all I got to say. Keep fighting. Thank you for joining me today, guys. Please share this uh, podcast with other people. Just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast for all of the digital platforms where it is available. If you would, please um, share that with other folks. Also, uh, this weekend, my TV show is on. Donald Trump thinks I'm the funniest person on television, although it's really hard to be funny lately. (laughs) It really is. God bless our first responders. God bless our military veterans and departed God bless our first responders. God bless you. Yeah, you too. You too. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.